You're not going to believe this. They were finding out what the terminal velocity of plummeting cats are. What? What does that mean to you? Who? What <laughs> ethics board approved this? Good question. Okay. They noticed that in Manhattan, there were a lot of cats falling out of windows. Mm. High windows, falling off ledges, falling off roofs. <laughs> we bend your ear. Stories about us. Stories about you. Huck Finn, Peter Rabbit. <laughs> this is Earbender. Oh, yeah. Earbender. I'm your host, Alexi. <laughs> Welcome to Earbender. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This episode, we're going to find out why cats have nine lives, why they fall on their feet, why they're in cahoots with witches, their <laughs> familia. There's science behind it. And it's all about cats falling out of skyscraper windows. Uh, uh, what? Okay. <laughs> Onward. And Bob is going to conduct Let's See What the Algorithm Brought Me. Ooh. There's a new show where men can't find love they're looking for in the States. 300 million people aren't enough. <laughs> so they're going to different countries and finding love in their life. But without further ado, because you've been doing enough, way too much actually, the lady that doesn't like mushrooms, but I made her eat expensive truffles, mm -hmm. the ambassador of amusement, the princess of persuasion, your friend and mine. Oh, bye -bye. Oh. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You did make me eat fancy truffles. We went to definitely one of the most, if not the most expensive place in Chicago, yeah. Alinea. And one of the... Courses? Yes. There's yeah. like 18 courses, and one of the courses was all truffles all the time. It was literally truffles three different ways. You know when you have a food that you don't particularly like, you kind of say, I'll pass on this one. We'll just move on. You can't pass I'll pick on it this. Out. Right. This is a $30 course. We're not missing it. You're eating all $30 of this. <laughs> it was like mushroom tea, mushroom pate, and it was a third mushroom thing Well, well as the well. mushroom pate was between a uh, mushroom sandwich. That's what it was. Which was really cool. And it, oh, it was really cool. It was not cool. It was gross. Bob, I'm trying to spell <laughs> algorithm correctly on my Microsoft Word from 2013, and uh -huh. I can't do it. I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> We're both horrible spellers, so and we bad. expect spell check to take care of it for us, but yeah. isn't it crazy? The program is so old that words have become more prominent, more in vogue in the English mm. language in the last 10 years. And yeah. Microsoft Word doesn't know how to spell stuff. Microsoft Word was like, you're not an astrophysicist. You don't, <laughs> <laughs> what are you even talking about, algorithm? I, it's not as old as to have the paperclip, but like it's like the paperclip <laughs> comes out. Hi. You're Do you need help? <laughs> You're not an astrophysicist. <laughs> I'll go what of them? <laughs> Guys, algorithm is a tough one to spell. There was actually a listener that saw my blurb the first time I did uh. what the algorithm brought me and said, hey, um, you, spelled it. You, you spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now, I still don't know how to spell it. I just go to Google and type it over there. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. And I bring it back. You're trying to teach Microsoft Word by going to, <laughs> to Google. <laughs> this is in war games. It's not going to learn. Ugh, the worst. <sighs> Bob, I'm ready to see what the algorithm brought us. All right. Guess what? You spin the wheel. It's <laughs> robots. Choose what I see. Let's see what the algorithm brought me. All right. This is Let's See What the Algorithm Brought Me. It's the part of the show where we spin a fake wheel and talk about anything from movies to YouTube, from TikToks to music and Instagram ads. Spin the wheel, Alexi. <laughs> 
Oh man, I had one. I like practiced. Okay. Oh wow. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Match me abroad. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that you're supposed to be the one that's the audience at that moment. <laughs> a little bit of a hesitation. Uh, roles, roles got reversed and I wasn't prepared. Yeah. So, so, so hit me with it. How'd you find this show? I actually saw a clip on TikTok and a woman was just absolutely eviscerating this particular <laughs> participant in a good faith effort to get the rest of the context if necessary. I watched, there's multiple, episodes available okay. of this show. It's yeah. called Match Me Abroad. It's okay, it's, it's brand new, yeah? Brand new. Oh, so it's not done yet, but you got to watch some of the episodes. Correct. Okay, cool. Now, I did watch this like a week ago, so there's yeah. probably like updates or something that, that cool. I haven't seen. So this actually, this, this show follows men and women okay. um, that are from the United States and they are going to other countries around the world trying to find matches. Yeah, because there's no way you could find it here. No. Okay, it's cool. Too, cool, too cool, small. Cool. That well has run dry for most <laughs> This people. is all I know about the show. <laughs> this is what you told me. You're like, can I do this? I'm like, yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> so before I get into the show specifically, uh-huh. have you heard the term passport bros? No, I've heard of Eskimo brothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not same thing. <laughs> that's where, okay. that's where t- two guys have Been laid with. in bed with the same lady. At the same time? No! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like a, a quick way to Eskimo Brothers, but no. That's the fast track. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, no, Passport Bros is American men who travel abroad specifically to date foreign women, if not find a partner in in other countries. Okay, well, I don't understand the brothers part of it. Bros, like, like they're kind of, oh, they're kind of oh, fratty. Wait, is this, kinda... is this a is this a name that they give themselves or somebody else gives them? Uh, you know what? I don't know who started it. Yeah, but they definitely the 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 men who subscribe to this lifestyle have definitely embraced the moniker. Oh, is not being used as a derogatory term. Okay, so I don't know who came up with it, but apparently there's a handful of men. There's somebody named Austin on social media platforms, most notably TikTok, just following his adventures of hanging around the world and dating other women. And Austin is a passport. Bro. Yes. And correct. you're watching his world. So after you watch this lady get all mad about the show, you went on the rabbit hole and went down and found other passport bros? Oh, yeah. I did, my, I did my homework. Oh, oh. Because. This is for the show. This is for the show. And, and, so, <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, listeners. It wasn't just for the show. This lady got me all riled up and I was like, before I start passing judgment. Oh, good <laughs> for you. Let's make sure I understand yeah. what I'm mad about. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And little check and balance. I came out on the other side, still mad. Still upset. So. <laughs> Drive, r- ride that hate train. Ride that choo-choo. <laughs> Just setting the scene of Passport Bros is kind of a subculture that has gained a lot of popularity. And it's, you know, just this idea that as an American man, you look more attractive, literally and figuratively, to women in foreign countries. Yeah, I've seen Love Actually. That's what they talked about. There was one spot of that <laughs> oh where the God. English guy That's is like, if I go to America, they're all going to love me. And Love actually said, yes, you're correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's the, the inverse of that. Denise Richardson was all about it. 
She loved it. So TLC, whether they knowingly are capitalizing on this particular moment or not, their show, Match Me Abroad, is taking Americans to foreign countries and trying to match them with with locals. In the show, there's multiple people, but I was just following a mark. So Mark is a 40-something-year-old man who's going to Morocco to find a wife. So very explicitly, like, he's not looking to date. He's not looking for a good time. He's looking for wife material. Absolutely. Does he pick Morocco? Now, you and I both know how reality TV works in actuality. So grain of salt. But the way they make it look, they make it look as though Mark very proactively chose Morocco. Okay. (laughs) That he was like, the women are beautiful and I love the food. I want a Moroccan wife. It's... It's a, a long legacy of history that knows that all Moroccan women are the best women. <laughs> he what? is ready to make the most of, of that long history. So Mark arrives in Morocco. Yeah. And they made it seem as though he chose Morocco because he is looking for a traditional wife with traditional family values. <laughs> and he chose Morocco because he thinks there's beautiful women and that the food is good. So that's all he comes to the table with. Everyone listening right now, Bob and I have been to Morocco. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what Moroccan food is? Like we didn't I until we no went there. Idea. We went to a place in Chicago that was Moroccan so we could kind of get ready for it uh-huh. a little bit. Yep. Like how does he know? I had no idea. So when he arrives in in Morocco, Mark meets with his matchmaker, Nina. Yes. And Nina is kind of trying to explain the the culture of of Morocco to him because he's a schlubby frat boy who's (laughs) dated a lot and never settled down, but now he wants to. This is a match made in heaven. Oh my gosh. And so she's trying to explain that Morocco is a very conservative culture. It's very Muslim. There's laws about unmarried women are not allowed in your hotel room he's blown away absolutely befuddled by this public displays of affection like kissing hugging even holding hands is really frowned upon it's it's not illegal but it's definitely frowned upon and this just blows mark's mind he is like how am i gonna find a wife if i can't touch them is the plan of this show kind of like he's gonna go one time find somebody and come back he's not going multiple times i think the setup is multiple dates right uh but yeah like i don't know how long they're in he's in morocco but like we're not coming back in three months to try again i'll give mark a little bit Uh this is a horrible plan from beginning (laughs) to end you know deciding that one country is going to do it better than his country even though like there's people that are like there's a five-year difference in between them and they don't live the same cultures because they didn't watch the same tv shows let alone people Mm -hmm. in a different country so that's already a mark problem but i'm thinking about like if you're only having a few dates with somebody in a different country like chemistry is so important a Mm. little a little touchy kissy doesn't hurt anything and it gets you really close really quick so not even having that mark you're oh boy so you're giving him a little sympathy on the tiniest (laughs) bit i mean i will say this that like hey mark your previous action plan has not panned out so maybe you (laughs) should try something different maybe you should keep it to yourself (laughs) (laughs) hey that's an excellent point just a little trial and error 
just to do something new. <laughs> um, and we've been to Morocco. So like the conservative nature of this particular culture comes as no surprise to us as having having been there. I know when we were preparing, you know, something as simple as I was very, very conscious about the clothing that I brought. Oh, absolutely. That, you know, nothing low cut, nothing that showed off shoulders. Yeah, no, I totally know what you're talking about. The the men, like all the men in Morocco wore like leather jackets. They're all trying to look like James Dean. <laughs> yeah. And all the women, I don't know the name of it, but it's like a hijab. It's essentially a cloak, sometimes with a hood, sometimes without. Mm-hmm. All the ladies are wearing that. Yeah. And I didn't really pick up on this when we were there quite as tangibly, but we didn't hold hands and kiss in public. Nobody right. else was doing right. it. And I just I never consciously, we never said to each other like, okay. Okay, now when yeah. we go out there today, we're not going to, but like, <laughs> right. you just look around, you pick up the vibe and we're you're like, the room. exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, Mark, <laughs> come on. Um, the, like, the only thing we did see was, this is something that happens in Europe and all over the places, like ladies are like always like arm in arm and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't know that that was a thing, but that is totally a thing. And now I see it more around here, but, I, but there was also a lot of dudes walking arm in arm yes. and we even talked to our guide and said, like, is that a thing? And they're like, uh, they may be um, something else might be going on with those lovely gentlemen (laughs) so in this weird way homosexual men were getting away with holding each other where heteronormative people are not able to at all that was crazy i just thought that was so interesting that you know you and i did the bare minimum of homework beforehand and then had the decency to like pick up on the vibes (laughs) while, while there so for mark to be so utterly confused the secondhand embarrassment i had while watching him is through the roof for me. Yeah, it's it's totally. very rough. At one point, he has a conversation with Nina about his expectations and what he's looking for in a potential mate. And he says that he wants someone who's very family-oriented, okay, totally. traditional values. Yeah. And Nina says, great, definitely have plenty of that, but you are expected to be the breadwinner. And he's like, yeah, sure. no, I did not sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> and Nina, very rightfully so, is like, like, well, that's that's what the expectation is here. And Mark and Mark says, well, that's not the expectation in America. And she rightfully says, that's why you came here, not to America. Right. <laughs> like, Mark, baby, sweetheart, oh. did you hear yourself through that entire exchange? Mark, it's not not the expectation in America, by the way. Let's oh. just let's be clear. Anybody who says traditional. That already comes with some assumptions. That's my next thing. Is like, what do you mean by traditional? Yeah, because Moroccans are traditional AF. Yeah, yeah, in a very, very distinct and gendered way that apparently Mark wants his cake and to eat it too. So, so he finds love easy. That's (laughs) totally gonna happen. No, (laughs) I have no idea. I saw, I saw him, I saw him go on on one date, and it did not go particularly well. um, Why not? Because she was cute, she was fun, she was exciting. They rode like sand buggies through the sand dunes. They went on sand buggies. Did she speak English? Uh, You know what? Was she kind of Americanized in some kind of way? Her English, I mean. I, I I know no other language, so I should not be throwing stones in any direction at all. Yeah. But her English, you could tell that she had to put a lot of effort into it. And I'm sure by the end of the date, she was having language fatigue, which we often talk about oh. in 
our travels where it's just like, that's just got to grind you down where you're like, oh man, I got to convert my thoughts from... When we go and travel and we hang out with a guy that's going to take us around for like an hour to three hours or something, Mm -hmm. I I ask tons of questions. And in the beginning, they're so helpful and we're having (laughs) a great time. And by the end, they are done with me. They don't want to answer any of it anymore. All of a sudden, your questions are getting yes, no answers. (laughs) (laughs) Was she wearing like nice clothes and stuff? She was. She was. She was cute. She was a a cutie. She was definitely definitely younger. I want to say she was 20-something in comparison to his 40-something. I won't say that she was Americanized, but she was deeply interested in American culture. Nice. Was she into him? She seemed to be having a good time with him. And at one point, and boo, Mark, boo, he makes a comment to her about, oh, I didn't know that like this could get us in trouble. And he reaches over and holds her hand. And it's like, Mark, you've been explicitly told that that's not cool. And she's like, ha 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 ha. Oh no, she's uncomfortable. Like she's, she's being cool about it. She doesn't flip out on him or anything, even though in my opinion, she had every right to. After parting, he was like, she doesn't have a career and she doesn't have any money. And then Nina says to the camera, not necessarily to Mark, but to the camera, what Mark is looking for doesn't exist. Wait, doesn't exist in Morocco? Doesn't exist at all. Is it was oh. was the was the subtext. Oh. And I huh. could not agree more because and I'm I'm picking on Mark. I don't know if any of the, the other players in, in this um show were having a, a similar revelation or similar red flags. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he wants somebody who's young but established. He wants someone who is family focused but still has a career. He wants somebody who's going to go 50 50 with him on the finances but still let him make the decisions. Like, oh, the, he is the absolute definition of he wants to have his cake and eat it too when it comes yeah. to a partner. And he doesn't want a partner, he wants a wife. Yeah. Well, in his way, in his, way. His, his kind of wife, his <laughs> yeah. kind of wife. Yeah, totally. It, What a waste of time, Mark. After all of this, you come all the way over there, you you didn't do any of your homework, and then you found out that this doesn't work for you and you're going back. Even even to be on TV, this is dumb. Yeah. This whole thing. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know that embarrassment is the best motivational tool, but I hope he thinks twice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like watching people crash and burn. So guys watch match me abroad (laughs) on Amazon prime and see if you like it. Watch the rest of it for me. Let me know if uh, Mark does indeed find his, his unicorn. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready for a story? Bring it on. No guts, no glory. Gonna tell us a story. What do you do if you find cats falling out of windows often? I, Often, I'd probably avoid that part of town. <laughs> Plus, you're allergic to cats. You shouldn't be over there either. Well, then I can't be in Manhattan because there was a story done by Whitney and Meloff in the 80s about what, you ask? You're not going to believe this. They were finding out what the terminal velocity of plummeting cats are. What, what does that mean to you? It sounds like a fancy way of saying how fast cats fall. (laughs) (laughs) But we're talking about terminal velocity. Oh, is that deadly? That would be that would be lethal velocity. No, it's death. Oh, term. If you have a terminal illness, yeah. Oof. 
Oofta. <laughs> Who? What ethics board approved this? Good question. Okay. They know. <laughs> they noticed that in Manhattan there were mm-hmm. a lot of cats falling out of windows, mm-hmm. high windows, falling off ledges, falling off roofs. You know, like. <laughs> 132 cats fell in five months in a summer period. Who's keeping track of this? Yes. It's Whitney and Meloff. Weirdos. <laughs> they just like have signs around town like, did you see a cat fall? Call us. Probably. Because this is the 80s, you say? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you can't put up a Facebook group page or anything. Right. There's there's no like ring cam that catches the, the number of cats falling. Um the uh owner said that a lot of times they're jumping for insects. Dumb cats. Yeah, it's a hot day. You know, you gotta like lift open the windows yeah. a little bit. The cat gets out, but you know, they're really good at staying alive. Did we not have screens in the eighties? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell the rest of Europe to get on board. They don't have oh screens. Oh my God, don't. Did don't you trash hear that, Europe? Europe? <laughs> you guys are doing so good, but it would be even better oh. with ice cubes and screens. They got mechanical metal blinds that Amazing. you just press the button. It's completely pitch dark. So cool. Oh. But screens, forget about it. 22 of the cats they saw had fallen from eight stories or higher. Okay. okay? And out of those 22, only one died. Oh, wow. To 21 cats survived from eight stories higher. Eight stories is really high. A story is 14 feet. You know, that's, oh, wow. uh, that's like four, four meters. The tallest apartment building I ever lived in was like three and a half stories. I know. That's crazy. Well, Manhattan doesn't have a lot of room and everyone that's wants true. to be there. High, so that's part rises. of it. Eight stories. Okay. And we were poor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was one cat that fell 32 stories and the cat had a bit of a sore thoracic bruising and a chipped tooth and that was it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> thoracic bruising is the neck. So just like a crick in the neck and you're ready to go. That's intense. Thir- <laughs> three, two, 32 yeah. stories. No big deal. Oh, isn't it like if you drop a penny, it'll like break your foot or something <laughs> <laughs> crazy? That's not real. Oh. I mean, don't look up at it. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> just like you, I had an apartment that I was on the third floor and I would mm-hmm. go up the back. And when you go up the back, the stairs are on the outside. So uh-huh. like... A varmint can be out there. And there yeah. was a squirrel out there. Uh-huh. And at the top of the stairs is just a very small platform with my door. And it would just be me and the squirrel. And I knew that. I'm like, Oof. okay, squirrel, come on down, squirrel. So I, like, if you go up the first floor, you're like, oh, okay, there it is. It, it doesn't know where to go. I'm just going to come back down. And then I go back up again and it just goes up the next floor. And I'm like, how do I get this squirrel oh, out of the way? You're just chasing it upwards. Right. <laughs> and so I get up to the third floor and there it is. And there I am. And it just Jumps off the cliff. I'm like, no, squirrel. And it just, it belly flopped on the ground and it scurried off. Like it was no big deal. Wow. Yeah. It was like Rocky the Flying Squirrel, except it was not a, it was a a fat Chicago squirrel. (laughs) I love how the lesser danger between you, a human, just walking up the stairs like you've done a billion times before. The lesser danger was flinging himself three stories. I'm not going to deal with this nice guy. I'm just going to (laughs) jump. It's over.
<laughs> so how do they do that? They're not magical creatures. No. A thousand years ago, cats were kind of considered magical, <laughs> right? Yeah. Maybe that's why. People thought cats hung out with witches all the time. People thought cats hung out with devils all the time. Oh. Reputation got darker and darker. Cats were believed to be witches' companions who aided them in spells and carried out messages to the devil. During like witch trials in Europe... In the 16th and 17th century, these aren't the witch trials here where we're just like burning humans. We're screwing up cats there in Europe. Oh, <laughs> cats are on trial? Right. Feline familiars were burned, hung, drowned oh. uh, aside their mistresses. So yeah, the, oh, the witches okay. were screwed up too. I mean, oh no, the humans also <laughs> got caught up in this. Yeah, it's not cool. I'm pretty sure the reason that cats are associated with witches, my understanding is that like women were predominantly the beer makers back in ye olden days and around the breweries would be a lot of mice so they would keep cats to to keep the mice population oh. under control and then as that was a way for women to like gain financial independence the society was like boo we don't like that and so they turned on all the women and their cats and that's that's where witches come from that's my understanding uh, witches, witches also were very much affiliated with like medicine especially like midwives mm. and and when apparently when we had like the witch burnings we lost so much medical knowledge because of that it's really it's like a super big bummer man it's like real bad that we oh, did that but they were also like thrown off of ledges and thrown out of windows and they would uh, hit the ground on their feet and walk away like it's no big deal. So now they're uh, doubly cursed. That, that looks extra magical. Right. <laughs> that, I mean, 32 stories. That sounds like magic to me. Let's see what the studies show. Okay. Okay. Cats that fall from five stories and under. Mm. Cool. They're fine. No problem. No problem. We saw Mr. Squirrel do three stories. What's another two stories? <laughs> Big whip. A story is 14 feet. That's okay. four, 4.2 meters. That's 70 feet. Jeez. No problem. 21 meters. Big whip. Cats that fall nine stories and above. Again, perfectly fine. Okay. A cat that's fallen from the 42nd floor easily lived to tell the tale. 588 mm. feet. That's, that's 180 insane. meters. That's insane. No problem. So what's what's the problem? The problem is story six, seven, and eight are the issues. <gasps> Those are the danger zones? Serious injuries for cats. What? <laughs> Besides, I did say like out of 22, one did die. But yeah. I'm sure like hit a pole on the way down or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's practically science. Yeah. Hearsay science that Hearsay, I have for you. We're assuming. There's this moment where a cat hits cruising speed, stretches out, gets into belly flop mode. It hits the equilibrium between the pull of gravity and the wind resistance and just relaxes. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it sounds great. I guess cats are jumping on purpose just to feel alive. <laughs> they're catching butterflies but still <laughs> dancers get into accidents falling asleep at the wheel and they're fine what <laughs> i had a buddy uh, his girlfriend was a dancer uh -huh. and um she was driving at night she fell asleep mm -hmm. you know and uh, she got into a big car accident she was uh -huh. perfectly fine because because she was relaxed you know what i mean she wasn't clenching up or anything like that <laughs> oh my gosh. The rough part about the six, seven, and eight stories is these little kitties are stressed out in horrible positions. <laughs> 
Because like, okay, this is how it works with a cat. Okay. The ability to survive against the odds is all thanks to the cat's amazing anatomy. Cats evolved to live in trees and many oh, felines still do, right? Yeah, yeah. Millions of years of springing and falling from those heights, they're, they're adapting. They, uh, okay. they can handle that sort that of thing. That's number sense. one. One out that of four. That makes sense, yeah. Two, their impressive writing reflex. And that's this is the thing. It enables them to twist their bodies around while falling, to land squarely on all four feet. Bob, have you ever thrown a cat? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> never in my all my days. All cat owners, listen up. I know <laughs> you're fine with this. Give it but, a go. But, <laughs> No, no, they have. They oh, already have. Okay. <laughs> but did you know you could throw a cat from like 600 feet up now? That's the difference. Uh, all owners have thrown their cat a little bit. Okay. And they're kind of amazed. And they probably push it a little bit each time. I feel like I've seen cat owners like hold a cat like baby style. Yeah. And then there comes this split second where the cat's like, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, just yeah. like flings themselves into the air. Good for you. You're not blaming it on the owner. The cat <laughs> is doing it on their own volition. Still on all fours. Still same. Absolutely. Cats have a large body surface area compared to their weight, which also helps reduce the force of their landing. I looked hmm. into this for way too long last night. Okay, okay. So I was like saying to myself, okay, belly flopping, is that okay to do then? Uh-huh. If we fall, should we belly flop? I know you're supposed to like oh. roll and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But is that going to be the way to go? No. Like I didn't read it right because I saw this one guy that was like teaching everyone how to belly flop. He's like, one, don't do it. Two, oh, you know, all the things Here's or whatever. how you do. <laughs> right. The, the difference is a cat's like area volume compared yeah. to how much it weighs is totally different than ours. Um, you know, we were just much more dense animals. Yeah. We should not be belly flopping anytime. A cat just gets to get oh, away with boy. that for air resistance and all the rest of it. Wait, we're supposed to roll? I okay. didn't know this. Okay. okay, let's talk well, about this later. <laughs> you got to skydive to like learn that one. Or watch ALF. Oh. There was an episode of ALF where somebody <laughs> skydived. I am not taking cool. <laughs> From okay, we'll watch it. <laughs> okay, perfect. perfect. And number four, they also have great flexibility in their bones and ligaments, which help them sustain minimal injury and impact. Okay, that last one. You I punch do, a cat yeah. in the face, it'll be fine. That's, not, that's <laughs> practically what it says. That's not what Dr. Whitney said. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, essentially, the cat needs time to go in belly flop mode. And if it doesn't have oh. enough time, it can't get there. So five stories and down. You're probably already in belly flop mode. You might be in, you might be out, but it's going to be fine anyway, because it's only five Uh, stories. Got it. Okay. But then six, we don't have enough time, and that's going to be terminal. Seven, terminal, eight, terminal. (laughs) When I say terminal, I'm like, you know, they could just like crack an arm or something like that. Maybe they make it. Maybe they make it. But nine? That's crazy. Let's throw them out of a plane, see what happens. I don't want to, but I want to. Very curious. Like if cats knew how to do that, they could take over the world. Oh. <laughs> First, I got to worry about robots. Now I got to worry about cats. What do you mean? Cat GPT? Cat GPT. <laughs> Before we get to the pop quiz question, please go to my Patreon page, The Cookie Crew. Cookie Crew. For extras from this podcast and many others and sneak peeks into my music at Alexi Music, A-L-E-X-I-M-U-Z-I-C, sign up for my email list so we can chat. I love your recommendations for jingles and songs and what to watch next. Mm-hmm. Bob, are you ready for the pop quiz question? <laughs> pop the question. Pop the question. <laughs> Will you marry me? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay, the question. Okay. What is the most played song on Spotify ever? Now, I, I know 
Like, uh. the chances of you knowing the answer to this, actually, we played this game once before. My sister told you once before oh, what the yeah. answer was. But, okay, I have the top 10 list. Everyone okay. can play at home. Okay. Like, whatever you think it is, you're probably wrong. I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. But um, I'm going to say, like, if you get number one, I'll give you 10 points. If you get number two, I'll give oh. you nine. If you get number three, I'll give you eight. So let's see how many points I, I you can get. Points. Okay. Here's the problem. So that's yeah. 55 points total. Oof. I think you only know half the songs. Ooh, that puts me at a severe disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> that is not going to be helpful. Okay. All right. Number one song. So this is on Spotify, you said? Correct. Okay. So this has like a huge user base, right? Like it's not huge just user young base. people. It's not just Americans. It's not. I will tell you right now, this skews younger. Okay. There is not. I guarantee there's not one that's 10 years old on this list. A song list? A song. There's not a song that's 10 years old oh. on this list. I, it's probably, I don't know when that number 10 was, but it might have been six years ago, five years ago, oh six boy. years ago. Because okay. I'm expecting it to be like Taylor Swift and Taylor's Beyonce. Taylor's not on it. Oh, that, you know, that's a good, a good game. Yeah, Taylor and Beyonce are not on this list. What? Right. Right. What? Okay. What? You know what? If you're able to name the artist, I will give you the points. <sighs> Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I don't think you can. Because la you last every... time we played this game, and this was a few years ago, Ed Sheeran was Ed Sheeran is number two. At the time that we played this game, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran was yeah. number one, and now it is not. Ed Sheeran has 3.5 billion streams. And that used to be wow. number one. Not the case anymore. But Taylor Swift or Beyonce is not higher? That, isn't that funny? Oh, jeez. Uh, maybe we've hit it like a, a critical mass in Spotify more recently, and they haven't had the giantest of hits. Maybe. You know? Yeah, or maybe it's the way that people are consuming the music. Who maybe, knows? maybe like the Because that fan base is pretty hardcore, so maybe they're more likely to do like a direct purchase. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're all Apple know. fans. <laughs> <laughs> So number one is number one like Drake? Yes, Drake. Well done. <laughs> bing, 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 bing. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four. Okay, number seven, one dance by Drake uh, and Wizkid and Kyla. Two point six eight billion streams, okay. and that'll give you four more points. Oh wow! Oh, well Oof, done. Yeah. Oof. The latest hot ones is is on the list. The the latest um, contestant, the latest contestant on Hot Ones is on the list. Louis Capaldi. Yeah, number four, someone you loved. Oh, Louis Capaldi, two point eight four billion streams. So that's 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That's twenty points for you. That's not even. Thank you for playing our game. That's not even a passing grade. Right. Let's That's give rough. you the top 10 list. Is everyone ready at home? Guys, did you even know number one? Number one, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. 3.6 oh, billion. Oh, wow. Shape of You, number two. Dance Monkey, number three. Excuse I was going to ask you if anybody was a one-hit wonder. Oh. I feel, I feel like... So um, number four was Someone You Loved by Louis Capaldi. Uh -huh. Number five, number five and number six were both Post Malone. What? Number five is Sunflower. And that oh, was got yeah. really big because of uh, Spider-Man multiverse, Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. 
and then uh, Rockstar by Post Malone, and then One Dance by Drake, well done. Stay by Kid Lario and Justin Bieber. That's a big TikTok song. Oh. I didn't stay and I told you that I never would have told you to change. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. I didn't realize I knew that song. <clears throat> Number nine is Closer by the Chainsmokers. Baby, pull me closer. Da, 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 da. The backseat of uh, your rover. Bah, 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 bah. Something about Colorado. A mattress from, from Boulder. <laughs> yes, well done. We know the song really well. Perfect. And number ten, uh, Imagine Dragons. You were you were the hipster to this band, Imagine Dragons, because yeah. you knew about them before they got big with Believer. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> first things first, I'm gonna say all the words inside my head. Okay, that's the top oh, ten. Wow. I'm blown away and I, I I'm gonna pat myself on the back even though I yes. have, have no right to but I do think <laughs> some of the bigger artist names are probably just have to do with how those fans consume the music I guess so but Adele's not on there Adele oh man right? Liz, Lizzo's not on there Lizzo oh jeez Louise Lady Gaga Bob yeah thanks for being on the show <laughs> even though I failed your pop quiz <laughs> where here on Earbender. Fail the pop quiz. Thanks for having me. 